0: In this episode I'm speaking with Luis Patrao, Director of Enology and Viticulture at Coelhox, a stunning 800 hectare historic estate north of Ivora, in the centre of Alentejo. When I visited the estate, Luis gave me a guided tour to demonstrate how the 600 plus hectare cork oak forest, 50 hectares of vines, and the 40 hectares of walnut orchard are being transformed into a regenerated, resilient and balanced ecosystem that is simply glorious. It wasn't always like this. The estate had more of a focus on hunting, running all the way back to 1467. It was only at the end of the last century that Coeros started to be transformed into what is now a buzz of biodiversity. In this interview, Luis explains how their biggest challenge has been small birds and bugs that eat everything from the plants themselves to the fruit they produce. Wetland restoration and ending centuries of hunting have seen the return of birds of prey, such as eagles and falcons. These in return have driven away the small birds that eat the fruit and the introduction of bats is proving effective at balancing the bug population. Louis also talks about the increased use of grapes more suited to the climate. Alicant Boucher is again a favorite for this purpose, where the berries have proven to be more resilient to heat waves, as well as having a later ripening period. A feature of this conversation is that Louis talks about the positive impact this process of working with nature has had on the wine quality, which he describes as being more pure and with greater richness on the palate. This kind of readiness for the new cycles of hotter and intense climatic conditions mean that Coelhox is one of the leaders in Alentejo in starting out on the pilgrimage towards a truly sustainable viticulture. So Luis, it's good to speak to you. Can you start by giving us a brief overview of the history of the estate and how the decision to work in a much more sustainable and regenerative way came into being?
1: The estate has started in 1467, so It's a very old state. It's one of the oldest states in Alentejo wine region. We have about 800 hectares of land. We are more or less based on the central part of Alentejo. We have 50 hectares in in the 800 hectares of land. We have about 50 hectares of vines completely surrounded by cork forest in 2015 the state uh, was changed administration and we decided that uh, we should uh, rethink uh, the way we were doing uh, our viticulture and the uh, agriculture uh, so we decided to go a little bit more sustainable we changed the viticulture completely uh, yeah that's that was what happened okay
0: when i visited yeah, I noticed this extensive regenerative project underway and it was very holistic. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that strategy of how it's developed and how, how you're working it now?
1: So uh, in 2016, we adopted the sustainable program of vinge Dual uh, plan. And uh, so we start to do some changes. The major one probably was adopt uh, organic farming uh, in 2017. And of course, we did a lot of stuff. We were not just organic uh, thing. One of the biggest challenge that we have in Alentejo is the pests that we have here. It's not the disease because Alentejo is a dry area. So we don't have much problems with fungus disease, which is usually the major problem in viticulture What we have in Alentejo is pests like uh, birds, little bugs. So what we did is rethink the way that we were managing our ecosystem so we start to recover the water lines that we have inside of the state which are the major ecological corridors to support some animals that could help us to balance the ecosystem so we we are recovering every year we recover more Area of this kind of wetland to support uh, these animals. One of the biggest uh, change that we saw. So uh, when when we start working 2016 here most of the vineyards were covered by bird nets to protect the grapes against the birds. So in 2016, we stopped hunting because the state was very famous for hunting. And when we stopped hunting, birds like eagles and falcons, they start to come back again because they had the rabbits, they had animals that they could catch. And when those big birds came, the small birds that we called sturninhos, which was a big, big problem for us and we, why we used the nets. These sturninhos, they start to run away from the state because they were afraid of the eagles and the falcons that we had here. Other stuff that was very important was we start to install little nests for bats. They are a very important help to uh, balance some insects that we have in the state as well <clears throat> this is literally insects they they uh, drink uh, the the i don't know the word but uh, the fluid that is inside of the the, the plant uh, the sap the sap exactly the sap yeah so um so the bats were they were uh, they are very important to to balance uh the this this uh, insects okay
0: and then it seems that the way that the whole thing is working there's a great interaction now between viticulture and the wider and um, wildlife and biodiversity on the estate yeah has, has, is that um can you talk about how that is building towards a sort of resilient estate because we're talking about this in the context of climate change um, are there challenges that you've already experienced from climate change or are there challenges you're anticipating and where this sort of healthy ecosystem may play a role?
1: Um, so, um, yeah, so Alentejo is, uh, in my opinion, and I think all the studies are showing this, is, is going to be one of the most uh, uh, affected areas in terms of viticulture in the world. So we are very concerned. So I start uh, the introduction about the state that we are from 1467, okay? Of course, at that time we were not growing grapes, but uh, we have records in our state that show that we are growing grapes for more 150 years. So what we expect is to keep going growing grapes. So it means that we are very concerned about the future, And all these little uh, changes that we are doing, recovering uh, the ecosystem, adapting the varieties that we have in the state. So the state was famous for international varieties like Cabernet, Merlot, Chardonnay, which are great varieties, but probably not very well adapted to our climate and for the future climate that we're going to have. So what we are doing is, doing little adaptations trying to be more resilient for the future that we're going to have
0: you understand the the, the vulnerability of alentejo as you yeah. enter a, a warmer um, climate yeah what gives you the confidence that working this way is is going to make you more resilient
1: Uh, what gives us the confidence is those little adaptations and change that we are doing, we are already seeing some results. Like I said before, we had the problem with birds. Now with the eagles and the falcons that we have here, we don't have that kind of problem anymore. The varieties that we are working now, Usually we start the harvest uh, on the beginning of August. Now with those varieties that we are introducing, like uh, Alicante Boucher, we are not starting so fast. I think Alicante Boucher uh, and Tom are very well adapted to this kind of climate and they don't suffer so much as with the heat waves that are very common now in Alentejo because the berry has more volume. So the heat waves don't hit so much the grapes
0: on the actual wine production side have you noticed any um, changes improvements or things that just observations about the the wine that's coming out of this new way of working?
1: yes i'm feeling that the wine is a bit more pure in uh, at the same time i feel the wine has more richness in the palate. I think when we start organic farming, the vines, they need to adapt to this new reality. And the way that they do that is the vines start to develop more defenses. And the defenses on grapes are basically phenolics which fight against those little compounds. They've helped the grape to fight disease and that kind of stuff. And phenolics are very important in terms of flavor, color, aromas. And for sure, the wines are a bit more rich. We have more depth in the palate. I feel the whites are a little bit more expressive in the nose. So I'm very, very happy with the result. That's
0: interesting. So maybe even that sense of resilience is coming right down in, into the grapes, the physiology of the grapes themselves and, and yeah. helping. So how important is all of this, this process, the sustainability, et cetera, when you express your brand values to to people who drink your wine or how you express yourselves to the market, if you like?
1: Alentejo's just approved a certification which allowed us to have That certification in our label, we have a stamp. So we just start to communicate that certification in markets like the Nordic markets, like Sweden, Finland, and even Canada. This kind of certification are important. And they start to ask us for this kind of wines. They just issue some tenders asking for sustainable wines from Alentejo.
0: That's a direct signal from the marketplace that what you're doing is in line with the consumer demand, if you like.
1: Yes. And I think usually what happens on the Nordic markets after a few years, it will have effect in other markets. So I'm very confident about the future as well.
0: That's interesting. And you mentioned the certification program, which is a way of helping you express those values and also demonstrate that you're rigorous in your approach. Can you talk a bit about your interaction with the Wines Valentejo Sustainability Programme? And are there ways that perhaps these kinds of organisations can help going forward?
1: Wines of Alentejo and the Sustainable Program, they were a key player for us. They helped us so much because they gave us indicators, KPIs in terms of sustainability. How much water are we using? Are we using too much or are we okay in terms of the other players? Uh, about uh, the way that we manage energy. Are we doing the best practice or not? In terms of viticulture, usually they do workshops where all the growers, they can share their experience in terms of sustainability, what they are doing, what are the challenge that they are facing. So I think Vinjuz the sustainable program is very important because it's a, an excellent platform to share ideas and to help us to advance in terms of sustainability. And
0: finally, you're obviously, uh, I think, it's fair to say one of the leaders in this particular area of sustainability. I know there's there's a lot of work going on in Alentejo, but you're certainly one of the leaders. What's your view when you look out across the region? How are the wineries as a whole, as you see it, responding to the climate change and sustainability?
1: I think all the growers in Alentejo are very aware about the future and about what we're going to have in terms of climate change. So I think the numbers that we have today in terms of associated on the sustainability program, I think it shows very well that everyone is very concerned about it. So sustainability is the only way to keep doing uh, wines in Alentejo. So we have. This is the only way to for us to survive and to keep going with the business. It's the only way. So there's not other way to survive in Alentejo. If we don't adapt, if we don't take measures, we are out of business. So okay.
0: And of course, the clue is in the word itself. <laughs> it's So. It is really true sustainability that we're talking about here. Okay, look, fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Nick. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode in the Sustainability in Alentejo series produced by me, Nick Breeze. In the next episode, I'm speaking with the man who has been at the heart of the WASP program, Jal Barroso. We talk about how the certification program was secondary to the work of being truly sustainable, as well as Zhao's own philosophy of knowledge sharing and his eyewitness accounts of the transformation of estates adapting to regenerative farming.